You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. Let me tell you this right now, I had a freaking busy weekend which basically revolved around collecting as many brownie points before the season as humanly possible. So here's what I did. I finished building these shutters my wife wants for the front of the house. I did some painting. I mowed the yard. I did some gardening. Uh, I power washed the front of the house and one of the sides of the house that had all this black, like, I don't know, moldy stuff on it. Got that out. And it's 8 o'clock on Sunday night, and I'm finally sitting down to do some intros here. Uh, The inside of my house is bananas right now. The kids are all three going crazy. So that felt like it was a perfect time to just kind of walk slowly out of the room and come here and do this intro (laughs) for, for today's podcast. And today's podcast... I know a lot of us right now, if we haven't already made our purchases this year for the upcoming hunting season, we are all looking for hunting gear. And that's what today's podcast is about. It's a product review podcast, and it goes a little bit beyond that, but it's a product review podcast with a gentleman named Jerry Rude. And first, Jerry Rude is going to talk to us today about his experience with a hunting line from Cabela's, and it's specifically called the Instinct uh, Hunting Line, and it, it, it covers camouflage, it cover, covers archery equipment, boots, socks, gloves, you name it. I think they, they put that, that label on that brand, and uh, he talks about his experience with experiences with that then the the conversation kind of shifts and we talk to him about a bad experience he had with a bow shop Um, a a shop that uh, 
was going to set up his bow and tune it and, you know, get it shooting right. He had some problems with him, and then chaos kind of ensued. So uh, we cover that uh, that journey he went through as well. So it's a pretty interesting uh, conversation today. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. And speaking of getting gear ready for the upcoming season, I just want to take a second to talk about lone wolf tree stands. Um, I've been using lone wolf tree stands for over 10 years and I'm it, it, it is a, let me just put it this way. It is one of the most functional tree stands for a public land hunter, for a mobile hunter. And when you, when you break it down, that's what you need, right? If you are out hunting a specific type of animal, um, you know, the example would be a mature buck. You need to be mobile and you need to be quiet and you need to have gear that functions at a level that it takes to harvest these animals. And what is that? That's a lone wolf tree stand. It's packable. It's quiet. It's easy to set up and it gets you into trees that you can't get into with other tree stands. So with other tree stands, you are looking for a a straight up and down tree. With a lone wolf, you can sit in any tree. And that can be the big difference between uh, a deer coming into range and a deer walking five yards out of your shooting distance. And uh, that's a that's a, a lot that's that's bigger than you think. So go to Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands. Uh, check those out. Um, LoneWolfHuntingGear.com and uh, go and check out all of the products that they have to offer. Uh, their tree stands, their climbers, their sticks. And uh, when you do decide to make a purchase, enter the discount code 9FC50 and you will get $50 off of all orders over $200. Take advantage of that. Uh, and uh, I'm telling you right now, uh, it's, uh, it's well worth it. So there's that. Now, enough talking, enough whoring out. Let's get into today's podcast with Jerry Rude. Ladies and gentlemen, with me now, Mr. Jerry Rude. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. I think you're the uh, first person to ever say my last name right the first time. Rude. Rude. Yeah, a lot of people say Rudd and all that oh, kind of stuff. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I nailed that because I screw up a lot of last <laughs> names. So uh, it's good when I get a, I, someone can throw me a bone like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, you reached out to me and uh, – I've kind of put the feelers out there for uh, a product review podcast, right? I haven't done one of these in a while, and I wanted to reach out uh, to the listeners and say, "Hey, if you guys want to review some, you know, review some gear, hit me up on the private message of Facebook, and uh, we can get something worked out." So you did, and uh, that's kind of what we're going to do today. We're going to uh, review some hunting gear, some stuff you like, some stuff you didn't like, and. Uh, Hopefully that gives a little insight to people out there who may be thinking about, you know, purchasing or not purchasing uh, specific products because it's always good to hear um, suggestions. It's always good to hear reviews from people who have to, you know, pay full price for their gear, who, you know, 
like all of us, you know, every dollar counts these days. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure we're making the right purchase. So before we get into that, why don't you tell everybody where you're from and what do you do for a living? Yeah, um, I am from Springfield, Ohio, which is between Dayton, Ohio and Columbus. Um, It's kind of in the southwestern-ish corner. And then I moved to Dayton, Ohio when I picked up my most recent job. And currently, I work as a geospatial technician. And uh, basically, I just look at pictures of Google Earth all day. And uh, I work for a private firm that makes maps for whatever the client may, uh, may need it for. A geospatial engineer. Is that what you just said? Yeah, geospatial engineer, geospatial technician. Okay. I think there's only one other person on your podcast that's ever done that. Man. And that'd be Mr. Yeah, Mr. Harshine. That's right. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I'll have to make sure yeah. he listens to this one. So break down, <laughs> give, give us a little bit more detail about what it is that you like you do. So someone calls you up and says, all right, Jerry, I need you to create a map of this property that I own. I want you to mark out all the oil pipes that we have running through it or all the oil drills or electrical lines or whatever. Is that is that kind of what you're doing? Yeah, that's kind of what I do, but we do not really do work on the um, individual scale. The firm that I work for, they actually do geospatial engineering and architecture. So we do very large project, uh, projects. We do work for a lot of cities, townships, counties, uh, the United States Geological Survey, USGS. Uh, we do like uh, topography maps. Um, we fly our planes over the over the ground and scan it with a laser, and that you know gives us basically anywhere between oh eight and thirty points per square meter of elevation points, and then you know we average it out and and we can make elevation maps. I mean whatever it might be, water uh, impervious surface maps for cities so they can. They can uh, see where their water's running when it rains and that kind of stuff. So, like I said, we do really work for really big clients mainly and um, a lot of government stuff like that, you know, USGS, like I said. Okay. So the two things come to my mind while you're looking at a map all day long scanning. The first question, have you ever found anything crazy? Like uh, you look at it, you're like, man, what is that? And maybe it's like an old uh, settlement or uh, maybe, I don't know, like a dead body. I don't, you know what I mean? Just like anything crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So um, one thing I saw that was pretty cool was uh, there was like Ferrari land or something like that. Um, I forget where it was. I think it was overseas. But we're just like going through through the images that we got and going through all the work. And there's this huge red triangle that looks like a tent, but it's like the size of a mall. Yeah. And we're like, what is this thing? And so like we look around um, the area and we zoom in and we get on Google and stuff. And it was Ferrari land, I guess, like a Ferrari festival or something. I don't know. That was pretty crazy. Um, really? And so then course, where, was, where yeah. was this at? In, o- in Ohio? No, it was not in Ohio. Okay. Not, we do work excuse me. We do work all over the United States and we recently have been um, expanding outside of the United States. So we do just all kinds of you know, work for all kinds of places. I think oh man. 
I want to say it was in the Middle East somewhere. Okay. So but it was I'm just not one hundred percent sure. A on whole that. bunch of Ferraris were gathered in one location for a festival. I believe that's what it was. Holy I just smokes. remember it was the yeah. It was like the this huge red tent and we looked it up and it said it was Ferrari Land. And it was wow. something like that where like all these yeah. And uh kind of funny you said dead bodies. We did not find um I know, we did not find dead bodies, but there was a there's a company that does what we do um you know because we have competitors and they actually found dead bodies like they flew the imagery and the imagery we get is like it depends on what the client wants but we can get down to like three inch imagery you know great imagery wow and uh they actually saw two bodies with no heads laying behind this guy's barn and so what? they called the police and everything. The police, I swear, they called the police and everything. <laughs> and the police go out there, and the dude had, like, killed these people, and he was putting them in barrels, and it was crazy. <laughs> dude, I cannot wait. My wife is a freak when it comes to those kind of murder mystery shows. She, she, really? She actually may call you for more details after after <laughs> I tell her what, uh, what you found or what this, you know, what other yeah. people found. Man, that's nuts. Dead bodies. Yeah, yeah I'll, uh, I'll try and find the story, and that way, you know, even if she doesn't call, I'll try and find it and, like, send it to you or something. Cause, yeah. Man, that's nuts. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's It's funny you say that because, uh, man, somebody, I don't know if they were shed hunting or hunting. Um, I don't know. Man, I, this guy reached out to me a long time ago, right when I first started this uh, uh, podcast, and uh, we were talking about urban hunting. And this guy came across, I don't know if it was one skeleton or two skeletons. And he found there were just human skeletons out in the woods uh, under some logs or whatever. And he, he thought it was an antler or something. I, I, can't, I, can't, for, I can't remember how the story went, but he walks up to it. It's a human skull with a bullet hole in its head. And what? Yeah. And so, so this guy calls the police. They, they, grill him right they're asking him all these questions and stuff. Yeah. they're like hey man i'm just out here shed hunting or i'm out here hunting or whatever and uh come to find out i guess like people find bodies out in the like on the outskirts of these bigger cities all the time and i think this was out east and i think he, the guy told me it was mob related so like the guy's like oh wow the, it, you know they asked him the proper <laughs> yeah. questions and then they're just like nah that's all it's mm -hmm. cool this is where the mob dumps their bodies <laughs> Uh, that's the stuff, insane the stuff you, the stuff you find in in the woods yeah yeah that's funny so there is one more thing too yeah oh, go for sorry. it go for it yeah yeah hopefully no one at uh none of my managers at work hear this but uh you know then the last thing that has to do with doing this all day is you know we were just in tennessee doing some work in tennessee and i'm scrolling through and i'm like that looks like some good property so I hop on the, the county's auditor, you know, website, and I'm like, this guy owns 400 acres, you know. So I, I may get a little sidetracked every once in a while just sitting there looking at Google Maps all day. I don't know how you honestly get any work done <laughs> because I, I would be on – I would be Google Earth. I'd have two screens, right, Google Earth on one and then the, that county's mm -hmm. uh, plat map on the other and just straight up looking yeah. at owners or or an Onyx, right, or having Onyx maps mm -hmm. on another one. Boom. Okay, well, this guy here. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> have, has that ever worked for you? Yeah. Have you ever 
looked at a piece of property, knocked on the door, and got permission for it. I have never done that okay. yet. Yet. Man, I, yes. <laughs> I would be slick-talking my way into every piece of property in the state of Iowa. Every, even even the North Central oh, stuff where there's it's just like a field. It's just a field. There's no deer yeah. that live on it, but I'd have access to it just in case. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, product review podcast today. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about. All right. So, the first thing, jumping right into it, is this Cabela's Instinct line, right? Did I say that right? It's the Instinct line from yeah, Cabela's? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So first off, educate us on what this Instinct line from Cabela's is. Uh, well, I believe, I actually don't know completely. I believe it's just their hunting stuff. Okay. Because if you if you go into Cabela's and you like look at their hunting stuff, I'm pretty sure all of it just says Instinct on it. And I think it's just a you know, catchy word for their for their hunting stuff, but okay. um, I don't think they have a hunting line that is not instinct. Okay, so, so basically anything yeah. hunting related, it's kind of their it's their hunting brand, right? It's Cabela's Instinct, and it's just yeah. Okay, all right, yeah, all right. So out of this Instinct brand from Cabela's, what mm-hmm. products do you have? And I have um, the sight on my bow is uh instinct sight and then i have uh, i believe a pair of socks probably two um, my base layers are instinct uh, my boots um uh, i feel like there's something else like uh, some gloves i have some instinct gloves okay and i believe that is it for now all right well there's obviously a lot of product categories there right boots gloves socks sights and mm-hmm. base layers when mm-hmm. when you started looking for all of this gear to buy right what drove you towards that line uh, you know because obviously there's several brands of boots and several brands of gloves and socks and sights and base layers so what kind of got you to go as far as those categories are concerned with that uh, instinct line yeah yeah so it's kind of like a three-part story so to begin i needed a new site for my bow and I was looking at a bunch of different sites. I mean, you know how that is. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I wanted. I was just kind of looking at everything. And I've never been too fond of the single pin sites. Now, granted, I have not actually tried one, but I've always just been kind of skeptical thinking, you know, what if a deer walks out at 20 yards, I put it on 20 drawback, and then something spooks them and it runs back to 40. So I kind of put that down, and I saw this Cabela's Instinct site that was a five pin, um, but each pin, as as you got farther out in yards, the pins get smaller in diameter. So the top pin is, I don't know the diameters, but it's the biggest, and the bottom pin is the smallest. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that is. Anyone that's, yeah, anyone that's shot out at maybe 50 yards, 60 yards, just practicing or whatever, you know, you have that huge pin on there, you can't see anything past it. And uh, so then... I had my eye on that and I was out hunting one day. I was just squirrel hunting and I felt something on the bottom of my boot. So I looked down and it's actually the sole of my boot coming off. <laughs> like, Oh man, two thirds of it's just hanging off there. And I was like, well, I think it's time to go get some boots. So walked back to my truck and it actually had come off by the time I got there. Uh, and I drive to Cabela's 
and I literally walked into my socks and the guy asked me what I needed. And I looked down and I said, well, I need some boots. And he said, all right, well, let's go back there and look. And so we're looking and I kind of have a budget in my, in mind, but at the same time, I'm willing to spend some money uh, because I bought cheap boots in the past, you know, Yeah. and they, they last maybe a season. And that's basically what happened here. And so, um, we're looking at boots, looking at boots, and he asks me what I like, and I tell him I want something lightweight, water resistant. Uh, doesn't have to necessarily be completely waterproof, but you know, I don't want to walk through wet grass and my socks get wet. And so he tells me, obviously he's a Cabela's employee, so he tells me about the Cabela's new Instinct uh, boot. I forget it has a specific name, but it's their they have this Instinct ankle boot, and. Uh, it's made like has Gore-Tex in it or whatever. And it's super lightweight and it's awesome. And so I tried it on, I tried a few other pairs on and, um, I had to go ahead and make a decision and I have a Cabela's, uh, like credit card. Okay. Cause we, we just buy everything with it and pay it off and could you get uh, rewards points? So like every few months I get rewards points and just go get free stuff from Cabela's. But so I was like, well, I get bonus points. I had my eye on that site. It looked awesome. These boots look awesome. I started just like diving into Cabela's Instinct stuff. I bought the boots. Um, shortly after that, I bought the site. Uh, the boots actually broke within like two weeks of me getting them. The eyelet, like I was lacing them and the eyelet just snapped. Okay. And I went straight to Cabela's and showed them. They didn't ask for a receipt or nothing. They said, just go grab another pair and we'll, we'll swap them out for you. And I was wow. like, okay. And yeah, and so, you know, they've been taking care of me. They're, the site's held up, no problem, awesome, rock solid. It doesn't rattle, jiggle, nothing. Uh, the boots, they, they're awesome. I really like them. They're not the best for late season for warmth, but, you know, that's, it's, you know, you, you got to pay somewhere. So Right, right. So let me, ask you, you, yeah. let, let me ask you a customer service question. When you experience, yeah. experience really good customer service like that, like that is – above and beyond because they're probably going to eat that cost of because yeah they could probably go in and put that eyelid you know put that uh eyelet back on that boot but they're going to have a hard time reselling it for what they you know because it it's yeah what was it two weeks you said someone wore it for two weeks yeah i had them for two weeks yeah i wouldn't pay full price for uh, a pair of boots that someone <laughs> wore for two weeks so when you when you receive mm-hmm. customer you know really good customer service like that do you like what happens what's your thought process like when a customer like when you buy another piece of hunting gear and it may break and they're like hey man it's past 30 days you can't return it so the customer service really just gives them their second chance because if i would have walked in there and they would have said sorry nothing we can do about it then while it may have been a flaw in that pair of boots, maybe that was the one in 1000. Yeah. I don't want to spend another $200, you know, if, yep. and, and risk the same thing happening. So, so the customer service, it's just their second chance. And they were, they had awesome customer service. They, you know, they just gave me the boots and they've been holding up ever since. And they're awesome. So now, you know, now I would definitely buy another pair, but then, I probably wouldn't have bought another pair if it wasn't for them, you know, giving me the opportunity to try out their product again and, uh, and, you know, taking that loss. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So then, kind of curious, since we're on the topic of boots, what other boots did you try on before you tried on the, uh, you know, made the decision to go with that instinct boot? So I don't remember um, exactly. I know I tried on, like, uh, I believe they were Rocky brand boots. Okay. Uh, has, like, a ram on it, I believe. Yep, I think I that's it. Um, uh, what's the dog? Irish Setter? Has yep. like that dog on it? Yep. I think I tried some of those on. Um, um so you, you tried out you tried out a couple brands and you know said hey this is the best uh, this is the best bet now because you were because you were buying on that Cabela's card and it gave you reward points and did you get an upfront savings with that as well? No, you just get um, you just get like bonus, bonus rewards points, or something okay. if you buy it. All right. Yeah. So the, this day and age with online shopping being very, very popular. And obviously with the death of stores like Toys R Us or, you know, there's, you name, you name it in the past tower, you know, six months, big time stores have closed because they can't compete with online sales, right? Like Amazon or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, I like to go for the great price. So I'll probably go into a store and this is probably bad for business, but I like to go onto a store try them on see what size i need uh and however i didn't do this with my last boot i bought the the boots at the store but i then go online and see where i can find them right for a a discounted price and typically you Mm -hmm. can find them cheaper online than you can in the store so what what kind of prevents you from doing that um Nothing really prevents me from doing that. I've done it before. Uh, you know, generally I, I will shop online, that kind of stuff. Um, if I went online and it was cheaper on Cabela's website, I would ask them to price match it or just order off their website or something. Yeah. Uh, and I, I generally do like, you know, to save my money if I can. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, I would rather put money in the hands of like the guy that started making arrows out in his garage you know or whatever and obviously Cabela's doesn't do that but um you know I would rather do that than maybe get on uh you know find some discounted thing online that maybe they're not necessarily associated with or whatever it might be yeah uh so and then also the second part like I said I walked in in my socks so (laughs) that day I was kind of set on buying a pair of boots. <laughs> yeah, you, you needed them. You needed them. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so the boots turned out good. The site, did that turn mm-hmm. out good? Oh, the site's awesome. I love it. It has, uh, uh, once you put it on, and let me look at it real quick because I'm trying to, yeah, once you put it on the bow, you actually, the only thing you need an Allen wrench for is if you want to micro-adjust the pins. But to do, like, the macro-adjustments, it has like these, um, oh, they're like a wing nut, but it doesn't, it's not a wing nut. It's a little fancier looking and you break that loose and then it has these clickers almost like on a rifle scope right. and it will move the whole sight housing up, down, left, right. So you can get like, you can get pretty close with just that, uh, has, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of holes in the side of it so you can move it farther, closer away. It's just, it's a rock solid site and 
I, I really like it. No, actually, it's kind of funny. I did have a problem with that as well, but um, I don't, you know, as I don't think it was. I don't. I think it was just a dead battery in the light. When I bought it, the light wouldn't turn on to to light uh, up the pens. Okay. Yeah, and I just yeah I just told them, and they're like, oh, go get another one. But uh, yeah, I I maybe uh. Maybe I just hit two of those one in a thousand things right there with Cabela's Instinct stuff. Right. So far, they're not sounding too great. <laughs> well, no, I mean, the customer service, and mm-hmm. I mean, you went back, you got a new product, mm-hmm. and uh, you haven't had any problems with it since, right? Mm-mm. All right. So, nope, not at all. Check on the boots, check on the sites. You know, of all the stuff on the Instinct line um, that you've purchased, uh, has there any been anything that has not performed or you ended up purchasing but not liking? Uh, the base layers, I like them and they work. They do what they're intended to do. Okay. But I bought them, uh, I bought the size based on my measurements and the measurements that are on the box. And they're stretchy, so they're kind of a wide variety. You know, the size kind of size gap there is pretty big. Okay. And it just fits weird and weird places. Like around my calves, it's like super tight. I don't know what they're going for, but it's like it's not uncomfortably tight, where it like makes me not want to wear them. But compared to the rest of my legs, like it's oddly tight. And then it, it just doesn't it doesn't fit super comfortable and so you have they're not what you're telling us is you have huge calves i don't think i have huge calves i'd go with that i don't know (laughs) yeah so but so so the base layers were you you purchased them based off of your size and the size on the box and they're tied Mm -hmm. around the calves but not tied anywhere else uh yeah, yeah, for the most part. And the top is kind of the same way. Like, it's real tight around my forearms, kind of. Like, sliding, you know, when I put it on, it's like I have to push it through, push my hand through, like, with a little bit of force. And huh. um, I don't know. I, maybe it's just the ends. I don't I don't know what it is, but it works well, so I just keep wearing it. And it, you know, it kind of, kind of loosens up as you wear it and stuff. But it's just, oh, excuse me, it's noticeably uncomfortable it's it's so so you do wear it because it does work but you're uncomfortable while you're wearing it uh yeah yeah for a little bit um no it's not that bad it's just i don't know i i guess when i spend the money on it you know i kind of expect uh i i would expect it to not be that tight like i i I would assume to be maybe a little more elastic or something but um I don't know. Gotcha. Okay. Maybe I should just start wearing yoga pants. To it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. That would be, I would laugh hey, at that. If it's for hunting, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Just put camo on it and you're good to go. Call it a base layer, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, so with this Cabela instinct line, right? You know, obviously let's mm-hmm. just say Sitka is at the top of the line as far as price mm-hmm. is concerned. And then you probably have some Walmart yeah. brand type stuff at the bottom. Um, you know, same with all those categories, sites and base layers and whatnot. So 
in the grand scheme of things, where where do the price points of that pro, of that brand kind of fall compared to the other brands out there? Okay. Um, do you want me to just tell you the price, or yeah, if you want tell to tell you where it ranges? Yes. Any, yeah, any I'll tell you info. the price. So uh, the base layers, they were, I believe, forty nine ninety nine a piece. So okay. Fifty bucks for the top piece, fifty bucks for the bottom piece. Um, Was that wool? Uh, I believe it is. Okay. I should know that. Or a blend. I believe some it kind is. Of, some, some kind of wool, yeah, wool yeah, blend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it's not just. It's not straight cotton. Okay. Um, and then uh, the site itself i believe it was 179.99 but i got that with some uh it was some like christmas gift cards and stuff like that you know but okay. i i believe it was right at that 180 range okay uh the boots i believe those were like 200 okay if i remember correctly yeah they were like right there at 200 okay so um and then i bought their cabela's socks that are supposed to like you know, wick away stuff and keep your feet warm and all that, all that jazz. And it, uh, I think they were 20 bucks for two pairs or maybe 20 bucks a pair. Gotcha. Those were, those were great, actually super comfortable. I love those. Okay. So with the prices that you've given me and just knowing what I know, I would say that, uh, the boots are in the mid, you know, the mid range type of boots. I'm sure there's boots that are lower and I'm sure there's boots that are, uh, um, higher, same with the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the base layers seem fairly low, uh, fairly low price. Mm -hmm. But uh, the site, you said one seventy nine. I'll have to look. Yeah, I believe that's what it was. That sounds like it could be on the like the high medium to low high end, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think my the site that I bought cost that much. I think my my site cost one twenty, and I have the Trophy Ridge React Five. Mm -hmm. so um that's cool man uh so yeah of all the stuff that you bought and, and let's talk about just the brand specifically would you re would you recommend that people go and check out the cabela's lines of products uh and you know potentially buy them would you recommend them uh yeah yeah i definitely recommend it i mean at least you know at least go check them out maybe try on their stuff um they're they're like rain gear and they're you know winter suit and their fall suit you know all the you know kind of how they have the all the camo companies are starting to break up the hunting season into like early mid late and all that stuff and they're making whole camo systems for each uh time they're closely priced to sitka kind of like they're not far from them they're definitely not you know like the lower end stuff uh, I'm pretty sure last time I went and looked at a, like a, I guess it would be like a pullover. It was like 139 or something like that. Okay. I think. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I'd at least go check it out. Um, obviously they're going to market their stuff, but I've seen some people hunt with it, like in the mountains and, you know, sheep hunting and stuff like that. And they seem to like it, but you know, like I said, you kind of, kind of have to take, you know, Gotcha. Take that with the, yeah. Okay. All right. So we covered Cabela's now and, and I want to transition to this next thing that you uh, mm -hmm. wrote to me. 
and it said you had a very unsatisfactory experience with an archery shop. Now I don't want you to call this archery shop out and uh, throw them under the bus, yeah. but talk to walk us through that because that's something that I you know a lot of people have to have trust in the people that they have setting up their equipment, right? So for me, um, mm-hmm. I've had a bad experience at an archery shop. I'll never go back there again. Um, mm-hmm. And not to sound, I don't want to say prejudiced or anything, but the it, he was basically a kid. He was a 17 or 18-year-old kid working on my bow. And I was asking him mm-hmm. questions, and I felt like I was a little bit more knowledgeable about the setup than he was now he knew how to do it i didn't know how to do it um, and that may mm-hmm. make me sound bad but um when i was it, it felt like he was just going through the motions as opposed to like tuning my equipment specifically for me if that makes sense no yeah yeah i got you so talk walk so, us through this yeah your experience with him yeah it actually kind of works with the whole topic for tonight too because um back in november I was thinking about getting a new bow. Right. Uh, the bow that I had, there wasn't really anything wrong with it to where I needed a new bow, but it was getting pretty old. Um, and I just thought, you know, maybe it's time to just get a new one and then I'll have this one for the next 10 years or whatever it might be. Right. So, uh, I went, uh, I'd moved, like I said, I moved from Springfield to Dayton and, uh, I decided to try out the new closest archery shop to my house instead of going to, the one that I had always gone to. Uh, now, so I went there and uh, I tried out every new flagship bow except the Hoyt Redworks because I wasn't paying that much for a naked bow. Like, sorry, not doing it. Uh, but I tried out, you know, Hoyt's, um, oh, I forget why. I tried their aluminum flagship bow. Uh, I tried Bowtech, uh, Matthews, you know, I tried them all. Yep. And I did end up going actually with the um, Matthews Triax. Okay. So that's the bow that I picked. But real quick, um, real quick, what did you yeah. like about that bow? Uh, the things I liked about the bow were it's by far the most dead solid bow I've ever felt in my hand. Like okay. when I shot it without a stabilizer, I thought I, I was just like blew my mind even without a stabilizer. So uh, I really liked the draw cycle on it. Um, Hoyt's draw cycle was exactly what I expected. It wasn't the most smooth in the world. It wasn't awful. Um, I owned a uh, I owned a couple Hoyts in the past. Um, I, I didn't not like the bow. It was a good bow, uh, but I just liked the Matthews a little bit more. And the Bowtech, um, really, I think I I really think it was the draw cycle that came down to it because Bowtech's had some kind of weird like dip in it or something, you know, like the, the poundage just felt like it varied a lot as I drew it back. Um, so, but after I tell you about the archery shop, you may, you know, it may not have been the bow, but, uh, so I shot all the flagship bows, went with the, the triax. I also really liked how small it is. Um, cause I, I run around with my bow in the woods normally unsuccessfully, but I do it anyway. So, right, right. uh, yeah, I liked how small it was. So I got the bow. Uh, I bought the Matthews stabilizer. Uh, I got the Under Armour Forest uh, camo on it, matching camo on the stabilizer. I had to special order a uh, non-removable quiver. I I don't like removable quivers. Uh, I've tried them before. The only reason I don't really like them is because 
to me, they just look like they stick really far off the bow. And the non-removable ones, they seem like they're real close to it, and it just keeps the, the whole profile of the bow a little bit smaller. So okay. personal preference, special order, the Matthews uh, non-removable quiver for the bow. Um, bought a QAD rest from them, had them, uh, had them make me a matching green sling. Uh, special, since I had to order the bow, I went ahead and, you know, special ordered the colors for the strings. Like, I went all out on this bow. I thought, you know, I'm buying this bow. You're going to trick it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's exactly what it was. So the first thing that I didn't like was, uh, I know it was bow order in season, like, you know, late November, December, all the bows came out. I understand that. But, uh, so they told me they would call me when the bow came in and we, I come set it up. I'm like, all right, cool. So I call them uh, around, oh, I think they said the second week of January. So I called them then, and they said, nope, not in yet. And I said, all right, that's fine. And then I called them the third week of January, and they said, uh, no, it's not in still. I said, all right, that's fine. So then I emailed Matthews because they wouldn't give me any information on the phone. They just told me that it wasn't in. So I emailed Matthews. And I asked them, I said, this is where I bought my bow. This is my name, blah, 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 blah. Uh, do you have maybe just an estimated time? You don't have to give me a date. I know you guys are busy. Just an estimated time of when that bow will be there. And they emailed me back and said they shipped it out like two weeks ago. Okay. And I was like, okay. So then I called the shop back and um, I asked them if my bow was there again. And they told me no. And, uh, I told them that I emailed Matthews. I told the story. Like, I honestly was not trying to, like, you know, spy on them or anything. I was just, yeah. uh, and uh, they were like, oh, well, your bow's here, but your quiver's not. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah. I was like, okay. So, uh, well, could I just come set it up and take it with me and then just get the quiver when it comes in? Because I really wanted to get a deer with it because. You know, I just bought the bow. I figured maybe I'd get it before hunting season ends because in here uh, in Ohio, it's like the last weekend or the first weekend of February, I think, yeah. is the, when it ends. And uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So I go in, and uh, the first thing they do is they put the bow in the bow press, and the dude just starts putting the peep in. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, all right, that's okay. Like, he didn't have me draw it back, nothing. Right. And another guy comes in. And he's like, hey, hey, you know where to put that peep in? And he goes, oh, yeah, I've been doing this long enough. I can just tell by his build. He's, he's going to have it right there where most guys have it. And I was like, all right, whatever. Um, and then they um, put my D-loop on, and they put my uh, the, the cable that pulls the dropway rest yep. on the string. But they, they didn't put it through the uh, – they didn't put it through the bow – uh, cable i guess that is they like tied it around it and i was like oh, okay okay and uh they kind of just like put all the stuff on it and then one of the guys there um that was wearing a matthews pro staff shirt takes it they don't have a range at their they have one target that's like down a hallway but they don't have a range and they take it over to the hallway and they shoot it down the hallway and he's like yep looks like you're good and i was like uh well, am I going to shoot it? He's like, oh, yeah, you can shoot it if you want. And I was like, okay. So I, like, shoot it a couple times. And um, 
I'm hitting like left, I'm hitting hard left at like 10 yards. I'm hitting like three inches left. So I tell him and, uh, he's telling me about how it's me, which I'm not claiming to be any kind of bow professional shooter or anything. But at the same time, I didn't start shooting bows yesterday, you know? Right. So, uh, he grabs it again and shoots it and he hits the, the center of the target and he's like, here, try it again. And, uh, I was like, okay, so I shoot it and I hit left again. And um, he was like, dude, I don't, I don't really know what's going on. Why, maybe you go home and watch some YouTube videos and see if you can work on your form a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> go home and watch YouTube videos is what the guy told you. Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Only like look it up online. He's like, it's your form as what I'm thinking it is. I don't know. I'm hitting center. He's like, I don't know what to tell you. And I was like, are you kidding me? If so, you have consistent uh, form, if you even if your form is shitty and it's consistent, mm-hmm. you you will you can adjust your equipment to make it so yeah. you can hit you know a bullseye, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I go home and I thought I thought well you know what I'm going to shoot it through paper. So I get a cardboard box and I cut a hole in it and take a piece of paper to the front of it and I stand you know five yards away and shoot it through. And it's ripping hard. Uh, I think it was. I think it was ripping left, if I remember correctly. Uh, so I'm shooting at the time. It was at 70 pounds. I got the 60 to 70 pound lens, and uh, they hooked me up with some East End Flatline 400s. Uh, they're 29 inch arrows, I believe. If I remember correctly. And uh, so it's ripping hard, and I get on on Easton's website and it says for a 70 pound bow, you should be shooting three seventies. So I call the place back and I tell them, you know, I'm like, Hey, this isn't ripping. This isn't paper tuning well at all. Um, and I was looking online and you know, it looks like you guys gave me some, some four hundreds. And, and according to the website, if you're shooting a 29 inch arrow at 70 pounds, you need three seventies. And the guy's like, oh, no, 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 I've been doing this for years. Those 370 or those uh, 400s, they'll, you could you could shoot a 29 and a half inch or 70 pounds with those and you'll be fine. And, you know, I'm, I'm like kind of kicking myself in the butt because I'm like, I should have just looked at all this before I even left. Like I should have, like when he pulled those arrows out and started cutting them, I should have just looked at them, oh, you man. know, but I didn't. So whatever, it's kind of my fault. Uh, and, uh. Uh, what did I do next? Yeah, it it might so, be a little bit your fault, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I would feel that someone who is putting together pieces of equipment should go off the factory recommendations, not off of what they think or feel is the right equipment. Mm-hmm. If you're shooting a 70-pound bow then and your arrow needs to be X length, then they have a graph mm-hmm. that you can go to on every single arrow manufacturer and see mm-hmm. what kind of arrows you need to buy based off your draw and your bow weight and you know arrow length or whatever, right? So mm-hmm. all that information is there. I would feel that I probably would have been a little bit more pissed than what you would have been, than what you were. <laughs> Especially yeah. because they can't stretch they can't stretch the uh the bow out to you know hey you cut them too short mm-hmm. yeah yeah whatever 
So, yeah, I'm not done. So, what was next after? So then, so then I'm like, uh, I thought, well, you know what I can do? I can just back the limbs down, and that should, and and then if the rip goes away, and it is a spine issue, and I can just get some new arrows, and all will be good. So I'm thinking, well, since I need to back the limbs down, the first thing I need to do is make sure that since I don't have a bow press or like a, a scale, first thing I need to do is make sure they're all the way tightened and then just back them down the same amount both sides. Well, they weren't tightened evenly. The first one was like all the way tightened and the, the top one and the bottom one was like three quarters of a turn out. I was like, okay. So I tightened them, I tightened them both down. I turned them all back and I, uh, I, um, I shoot it and it's still ripping. And, uh, this year, so I, I just graduated college last year. So my whole bow hunting experience was kind of, uh, I was, uh, you know, I was the go out two weeks, of, two weeks out of the year and sit in a tree stand over some corn and shoot a deer, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the time, whatever it might be. That's how I hunted. And this year I really wanted to get into it like hard. So I was looking at, you know, tuning your bow and, and just like, different types of way to, you know, sight in your bow and just like everything I could look at online. I've just been looking at it cause you know, I really, I've, I've just been trying to go hardcore into it. Right. And, um, so, you know, doing that, I was like, well, maybe the, I don't think it is, but maybe the, um, arrows, maybe the sight's not, or the sight, the rest isn't adjusted correctly. So I put the arrow in the bow and I'm standing over it. Uh, and what made me think of it is when they put my arrow in the bow, they didn't like put a level on it. They didn't uh, use like a laser. They didn't do nothing. They put the arrow in the bow and then they loosened the sight and they stood over it and just looked down and they just kind of moved it left and right. So they thought it was in the center. So that's what I did. And when I was standing there holding the bow, you can see this, the, 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 um, limb pockets. And then you can see the stabilizer sticking straight through the center of the limb pockets. And then the arrows like a half inch, to the left like it's sticking diagonally out the front of the bow and i was like well that doesn't make sense and so i just kind of scooted uh scooted it over a little bit and uh and it seemed to help it was taking the tear out and i thought well maybe um maybe it's just the uh uh a combination of everything maybe the the spine isn't good enough or high enough for the uh poundage and maybe this isn't exactly in tune and you know blah maybe it's just a little bit of everything so i call them back and uh they had set the bow up for free originally because i paid all this money and i called them back and they're like you know telling me well it's going to cost money because we set it up for free the first time and blah 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 and this and that the other and uh by now i i had already went in and got my um quiver and uh they just they just put like a bad taste in my mouth and it seemed like they had an excuse for you know, everything. they were yeah they had an excuse for everything i didn't know anything you know and like i said i'm not claiming to be no pro bow builder i'm not no expert shooter but at the same time like i'm thinking this does this just doesn't all seem to be adding up right so i figured since i gotta go some since i gotta pay i'm gonna go somewhere else and just i'm just gonna take it in and see what they say yeah so i took it in and the dude, before he even grabs it, he, uh, oh, actually, that's one other thing I forgot. The, the, the drop away rest was acting kind of goofy. It, um, 
it was like it wouldn't tighten. I don't know what it was. It was like it wouldn't tighten or something. And so I called QAD and they told me that uh, there may be something wrong with it. And if I take it into a certified QAD dealer, they may exchange it for me and then they'll send it to QAD for, you know, yeah. and then I won't, I won't have to worry about shipping it all myself. So I was like, I'll just go to this other guy and see what he says. So he grabs the bow and he's looking at it and he said, who put this together for you? And so I told him the whole story and everything. And he's like a local competitor because he's relatively close to my house as well. And, um, uh, according to him, the, the, um, uh, the D loop was not D loop string. It was like thick serving string. I don't know. I didn't know if there's a difference, but that's what he told me. Right. And the, the D loop he put on there was much more like rugged, much more thick. Excuse me. The, uh, the rest had, he said it had the the wrong screw in it. The screw that you do to tighten down the left right was too short to catch the threads all the way inside the housing. And he said that's why it wouldn't tighten. Um, he actually put my bow in the bow press and he uh, and he put the the cable that pulls the drop away rest um, up. He actually put it into the um, into the string and tied it in. Also, they didn't tie in my peep. And when I would shoot, I would have to adjust my peep every time because it would be twisted. So they didn't serve it in? And they told in. me that they, they put it in. Yeah, they didn't serve it in. They put it in. They put the bow in the bow press and put it in the, the bow string, but they didn't tie it into place at all. It was just in the bow string. Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, they told me that the reason it twists is because the bow needs broken in. And if I just twist it by hand every time, it'll eventually stop. And the guy told me that that's bull crap. And what would you do if a 150 inch deer walked out in front of you and you drew back and you couldn't see through your peep. So he like took the string off and twisted it. And every time I draw back, it's dead center. Uh, after he rebuilt my bow, basically I brought it home, shot it through the paper, dead center first time. So, you know, he just gained another customer, but I just, I did not have a good experience with, um, company a there. Right. So did you go back and tell them everything that was wrong or did you just say, screw it, I'm done. I told them over the phone and they didn't seem too concerned. And so I just told, you know, I basically told them like, well, you know, don't expect to see me in there anymore. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not a, um, yeah, I'm not a, I don't fear confrontation, but I'm just not a, you know, I don't get all hyped up and yell at people and do that kind of stuff. I don't honk my horn and people pull out in front of me. So I just tell them how it is. And if they don't want to do anything about it, then whatever, that's fine. They don't have to do anything about it, but I'm never going to go in there again. Right. Well, that that just, it's crazy that there's so many red flags and every, almost every bow shop owner that I, that I know has taken my equipment and if I even have a question, they will bend over backwards to, I mean, it just kind of speaks for the people that own these shops, right? They'll bend over backwards because mm-hmm. not only do they want it, want your, want your, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Business. The business. Yeah. They, not only do they want your business, mm-hmm. they need it now. Right. So, oh, because, yeah. you know, because you could have went. You know, obviously you would need someone to set up the equipment for you, but you could have easily bought all that product online somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, every person I know, and when I when I was hear you telling me red flags like that, man, and, and especially when you're questioning them and their response back to you is, well, I've been doing this for X number of years. Well, technology in archery has, it, especially compound archery, has advanced so far in such a short period of time that you need to be educated on how all these products work with one another. And if they can't fix it, man, they need to kind of take that extra step to, to do that. And at the same time, they probably get a lot of people think they know more than them, you know, and, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. hey, man, I, I would have had to go in and tell them or call them <laughs> up and just be like, listen, man, I took it over here. And he instantly said that this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. He fixed it. I started shooting better instantly. Um, I just, you know, obviously I'm never going to come to you again, but I just thought you should know. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. is what it is. I yeah. mean, now, now you know where to go to get your bow set up next time, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. That guy's awesome. He, uh, like I said, he, you know, I did have to pay for it because I didn't buy the bow from him. But he was, I, I think he cut me a little bit of a deal for all the work he did and and uh he was a real cool guy so uh i don't know yeah they, he definitely got a new customer and i'd give him a, a uh, like a facebook review or something but he doesn't he doesn't have none of that he just has this little bow shop that's like off the side of the road and, there you go yeah, so well i tell you what yeah. man we're gonna have to get you on the podcast again because uh, i feel you have a, a cool hunter profile story that needs to be told We'll do that again next time. Mm-hmm. I want to say thank you very much, Jerry, for hopping on and uh, talking, I guess, some gear with us today and then sharing that, uh, <laughs> that little bit of a horror story as well. So thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, not a problem. Thank you. It's awesome being on the being on here talking to you. And there you have it. Huge shout out to Jerry Rude, man. Thanks for coming on and sharing those stories with us. Huge shout out to each and every one of you who are taking the time to download and listen to this podcast. Be sure to check out all the podcasts on the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network. Go to iTunes and leave a review. Let us know what you think of this podcast and all the podcasts on the on the network. Make sure you guys are following on social media, Instagram and Facebook for not only the Nine Finger Chronicles, but the sportsman's nation as well tell your friends about it man there's a lot of cool things that are going to be coming here on the sportsman's nation uh there's going to be a big announcement coming this week uh about some content that's going to be added i know all of you guys are looking forward to that and uh i'm looking forward to putting out that content and uh sharing some stories uh from some people who who are basically icons in the hunting industry. So uh, look forward to that. And uh, other than that, man, I hope everybody has a great rest of your week. And uh, thank all the partners of this podcast, man. Please go out and support those people because they support this podcast. And if you like this podcast, then go support those partners, okay? And that's it, guys. Hopefully everybody has a great week. And our friends from Hunter Safety Systems are reminding us all to wear your damn safety harness.